Welcome to the Life Church of Kansas City podcast. Please consider following, sharing, and supporting by giving at tlckcmo.com. May you be blessed by the Word of God. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter number 11 that Abel offered a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. Genesis 4, it says, Abel, when it came time for an offering, brought the firstborn of his flock and their fat. And the Lord (laughs) respected Abel and his offering. Let me hear you say respect. Respect is something so nice to have and so nice to get. Sometimes you just got to learn to operate without it. You know, God Almighty, the Ancient of Days, there is something you can do to gain his respect gain his respect, and that is through your giving. If you will do it like Abel did it, you'll have the same respect from God as he got it, and that is to simply bring the first fruits of your increase. Amen? In Abel's mind, if it wasn't for God, he wouldn't have had any flocks. He wouldn't have had any source of income, no source of wealth, and that is how we feel about it here today. If it wasn't for God, we wouldn't have our jobs. We wouldn't have our investments. We wouldn't have our vehicles or our homes or anything. And when you give to the work of God through this church, you're doing the very same thing that Abel did, offering your first fruits. And what that is is the first 10% of your increase, the first 10% of your increase, something that we also call tithe. Amen. And if you will do these things consistently, you will have the great respect of Almighty God. God will notice that if you'll be faithful, amen, in the small things, watch out, the promotion is coming. You're faithful in the small things. Bigger clients are coming. Bigger opportunities are coming your way. I'm talking to somebody, amen, God will bless you out of nowhere, beyond what you are capable of, beyond what your education was or your resume. God wants to work a miracle in our careers. Hallelujah. Amen. Father, I just pray over, Lord, our church, over all of our givers. I ask you, Father, to bless their livelihood. I ask you, Lord, keep your hand upon our property. Keep your hand upon our investments, Lord. And I pray, Lord, for those of us that do it just the same way that Abel did it. Amen. We would see and feel the respect of Almighty God. In Jesus' name, amen. There's three giving focuses here at the Life Church. First 10% of our increase, our tithe also to missions and to our building fund as the Lord has provided. You can give here in person out these center doors. There's a giving box to the right. Also at tlckcmo.com and also by mail at P.O. Box 7076, Lee Summit, Missouri 64064. If you uh, haven't been paying attention to the news, there was a enormous, awful, horrible, devastating earthquake happened in the region of Turkey and Syria, and according to my recent uh, news that I've seen, the death toll is that 47,000 people lost their lives due to this earthquake, and 3.5 million, 3.5 million people have been displaced. Horrible, awful. Compassion Services International, this is a humanitarian outreach with the United Pentecostal Church International is collecting funds to provide food, water, and basic hygiene items to the victims of this disaster. And the UPCI, 
very own bishop that was with us this past Sunday has asked for this day, Sunday, February 26th, to be Compassion Sunday. And as a church, we want to partner with Compassion Services to help those in need in uh, Turkey and Syria that have suffered from this uh, tragedy. So if you would like to partner and give and be a blessing to these people, you can do so through all the ways just mentioned. And if you do so online or have a memo, just simply look for Earthquake Relief. Earthquake Relief. And I know anything that you contribute will go directly to Syria, directly to Turkey, directly towards what Compassion Services International is doing and be a blessing to these people. Amen. Isn't God good? Amen. If you've got a car that starts after church, you're blessed. You, <laughs> you got a home to go to, you are blessed. You got a warm bed to sleep in tonight, you're blessed. Amen. Amen. Let's just pray for Syria and Turkey right now. Father, we pray for this ancient land and this ancient people, Lord. We're not only going to partner in giving, but we're going to partner in prayers for this land and this people, Lord. I pray, man, you would help them, Lord, to come back and to, to uh, rebuild, amen, and come together, Lord. I pray you comfort the families that have lost, Lord. Those who are displaced, help us, Lord. Help this world, we pray. Lord, we know these things are coming up, for the time is now, and that's at hand of your soon return. Lord, in the meantime, we're going to continue to serve and continue to minister and continue to love, Lord. And I pray you bless our church for it, Father. In Jesus' name, we thank you for peace and safety. Amen, amen. Amen. This past Sunday, Bishop David K. Bernard preached a tremendous message. And what a mighty anointing fell upon us in this place. And uh, I got to tell you, this past Sunday, I mean, we were up here singing that song, Dance Like the Weight Has Been Lifted. And I thought, yes, Lord, help me lose 30 pounds. Come on, you know, right? But... but <laughs> you're laughing because some of you are praying the same thing right now. But I looked, and we have got some wonderful new believers here in this church. I'm telling you, new disciples. And it has just been amazing to see some of our newer disciples, the spiritual transformation that has happened from the baptism tank to the altar and their walk with God and getting to see, amen, literal weights coming off of them. Amen. It's been amazing. And I got to tell you, some of us just celebrating, amen, what God did for us years ago. But while I was down there, I thought, I hope they're enjoying the weight coming off them because I feel a new weight coming on me. It's the weight of becoming pastor of this church. <laughs> I was down there dancing. Thank you, Lord, for a new burden. Praise God. And I, we, we had a great first week already loving, you know, all of the things going on. Amen. You know, I feel like God's going to give me kind of a similar pattern to what Bishop had. And he's talked about it his first week here. He, didn't, he discovered we had a new ministry in our church, and it was called the Bucket Team. And every time it would rain, there was about 100 leaks throughout the building. And when it would rain, a bunch of people in the church would leave the sanctuary, go out and find the buckets and set them up. And that's what I was doing here over on this East Hall my first week. And, but uh, we're going to get it fixed and get it all together. But... Um, I want to say thank you so much to our bishop, our queen, for putting together such a wonderful transition service. It was powerful. And for everybody that uh, has congratulated us, prayed for us, sent us nice texts, cards, all of that, thank you so much for your love and support. And I want you to know that I love you and I love this city. 
and I love this church uh, so much, but uh, I tell you what I love to hear is what God is doing in your lives. And a brother in this church before service who uh, got into a very situa- serious situation out on the road uh, several weeks ago, I come up and talk to him about it, and I usually don't want to get into your, your business or whatever, but I just asked him, how's it going? So I thought perhaps, you know, there could be a, a serious problem, and he said, well, I'm healthy, I'm well, no injuries on my part, and uh, I ended up with more money in my bank account after that situation. So the Lord has provided and taken care of me. Amen. That's what God does, even with car accidents, things going wrong, things like that. It's a great time to be alive and a part of the Life Church. And I believe, amen, something can happen right when you walk in the door, like Dr. Larkney saying earlier. Praise God. Amen. As you remain seated, I want to preach to you today, asking God where he is. I know that's not grammatically correct, but these titles, you got to keep them short and concise and biblical, but that's what we're going to preach. My first message as your pastor is asking God where he is, subtitled the first message. Bishop's last message was the last message. And mine is the first message. That first message. All right. All right. All right. Thank you. I feel the Holy Ghost and I feel energy. Praise the Lord. Book of 2 Kings, chapter number 8, or chapter number 2, verse number 8. 2 Kings, chapter 2, verse number 8. Now Elijah took his mantle, rolled it up, struck the water. It was divided this way and that, so that the two of them crossed over on the dry ground. And so it was when they had crossed over... That Elijah said to Elisha, ask what I may do for you before I'm taken away from you. Elisha said, please let a double portion of your spirit be upon me. So he said, you have asked a hard thing. Nevertheless, if you see me when I am taken from you, it shall be so for you. But if not, it shall not be so. Then it happened as they continued on and talked. And suddenly a chariot of fire appeared with horses of fire and separated the two of them. And Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven. And Elisha saw it, and he cried out, My father, my father, the chariot of Israel and its horsemen. And so he saw him no more, and he took hold of his own clothes and tore them into two pieces. And he also took up the mantle of Elijah that had fallen from him. And when he went back and stood by the bank of Jordan, then he took the mantle of Elijah that had fallen from him and struck the waters and said, Where is the Lord God of Elijah. And when he had also struck the water, it was divided this way and that, and Elisha crossed over, asking God where he is. Most new people that I meet in a conversation, a spiritual conversation that we're doing with our Give Me Five, a spiritual conversation Most people out there, even if they have nothing to do with God, most people out here in America at least had a grandma that knew something about God or a grandpa that knew something about God. 
And that is to our advantage. Because I've learned, amen, the anointing can flow down from generations upon generations. And even more powerful than that, amen, God hears the prayers of grandparents, great-grandparents. And as Bishop taught us a few weeks ago, amen, those prayers are stored up in vials. And you just may be the one coming by there with a spiritual conversation that may activate that prayer and see God touch somebody's life who knows nothing about them. Praise the Lord. I've learned that if you want a great anointing on your life, if you start admiring the anointing on the previous generation, that anointing tends to fall down upon you. Learning from how they did it in the old ways and the old past, studying what they used to preach and teach, and the things that they went through that have been tried and proven. And what happens is you learn if they made it in their generation, I can make it in mine. If it happened for them, amen, praise God, it can happen to me. My grandma one day, she said, just, my grandma Dyson, my mother's mother, she came to me and she said, I've got something I want to give you. And she gave me a stack of papers. And I looked inside and they were sermon notes from her husband, my grandpa Dyson. And I put those notes away and eventually got around to filing them and looking through them. And it was so neat to go through those pages of pages of handwritten notes, sometimes very uh, difficult to read, but if you take the time and, and, and look at the context, just powerful, powerful sermons written back in the, in the 60s and the 70s. And uh, I was working on a project, getting the papers, you know, into and, and nice uh, uh, plastic holders and making a notebook out of them. And I'll never forget while I was doing that, my wife called out to me and she said, Justin, I need you to come take a look at something here in the office. And I walked in the office. She said, there's a spider. And I, <laughs> it's time to be the hero husband, right? And she said, before you take care of it, I need to know what kind of spider that is. And I shined my phone light on that, and I saw a violin on top of that spider's back. And uh, some of you call them that, those fiddlebacks. But for the rest of us around here, they're brown recluses, right? And I said, that's a brown recluse. So took care of business. Sent it to Spider Hades in Jesus' name, right? <laughs> and, and Sister Anna said, there's another one. And I said, oh, my goodness, there is. Took care of that. Long story short, by the end of the evening, I killed 26 brown recluses in my house that night. And uh, so it was about midnight. I'm not going to bed anytime soon after that. I mean, just terrified. And uh, I get down to where my grandpa's sermon notes were, and I open up to the next sermon, and he had a sermon, and it was called, If You Don't Like It, Get Out. And <laughs> that's how they preached back then. And it was... Uh, a message as Oneness Pentecost was beginning to form and a lot of the doctrines and ideas, there was disputes and he had this idea, you know, you know, cry me a river or get over it type of thing. If you're not going to believe it or get on board, get out. It's time to get out, right? And he had an illustration, a story. He said, when I bought my first house, after about a week, I discovered termites in the house. He said, did I get up and leave? He said, no. In his notes, he said, I started making it uncomfortable on the termites started making it uncomfortable on the termites and got the termites out of the house and right there I thought how is this a coincidence 
that I just killed all these brown recluses in my house. I'm worried about my wife. I'm worried about baby Melina. I'm worried about me. And I read here, right here at this moment and this time. And I got to tell you, when I started reading that, the fear of a spider bite left me. I started putting the insecticide to those spiders. And before I knew it, they were all gone. And I know we're just talking about bugs here today, but I've come to tell some of you, if you've got a foreign invader in your home, an unclean spirit, the devil may be rising up against you. You don't have to get out of God's blessing, but you start making the enemy uncomfortable with what God has blessed you and watch the enemy get out of your house. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And the devil has been trying to attack the households of America and trying to attack the households here of Kansas City. But I've got a feeling there are moms and dads that have got their eyes on their kids. They're watching closely at this world and this generation. And we're creating godly homes. We're creating a godly generation. Amen. No termite. No brown recluse. No demon. No unclean spirit. Amen. My Bible tells me, amen, I've got authority to walk on scorpions. I've got authority to walk on serpents. Hallelujah. You've got power. Hallelujah with Almighty God. Oh, everybody clap your hands unto the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, praise God. Praise God. Elijah, the prophet, a man who could stop rain from the sky. The prophet, a man who could command rain to come down. The prophet who could command fire to appear. The prophet, amen, that could do so many amazing things. Hallelujah. The very prophet, amen, that saw a little widow and he said, you take care of me, God's going to take care of you. In a time of famine and the food never ran out in that house. The miracles that he did, the powerful things that he saw. And he's got somebody he's mentoring, a protege named Elisha, who knows all these things about his elder, knows all these things about his mentor, his rabbi, his teacher, his bishop. He knows one day through the Holy Ghost the time of his departure is soon. And everybody knows it. The prophet chose a very special place to depart. It was on the other side of the Jordan. Elijah takes that mantle, that prayer garment, that outer garment, he comes right up to that water, strikes that water, and sees that water part. You ever want to know why you see preachers doing this a lot? That's where that comes from, by the way. Splitting that water wide open, right? And he divides the water, and Elisha, his servant, sees that miracle. And they walk over to the other side. That is the territory that Israel first came to the promised land. And generations before that, Joshua and the priest and all of Israel, when they stepped into that water, it began to part. And they crossed over on the other side. It was God showing through Elijah and through all the people that observed that this land still belongs to my people and your enemies are not going to control it. And Elisha sees his father, his master, go right up into heaven. You ever want to know what the rapture is going to look like? Just like that. One day the angels and the chariots of fire are going to come and get the church. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And I get asked this a lot, so I'm going to go ahead and answer you. Will my clothes go with me or are they going to disappear? Well, 
Elijah's mantle, all his clothes fell down onto the earth, so your mantles are going to fall here upon the earth. <laughs> Praise God. And Elisha picks up the mantle of his father. He's never done a miracle before. He's never preached before. All he knows is God was with the man that I followed. And he walks up to the water. You notice this, he doesn't walk up to pray for somebody's headache, somebody's knee pain. He wants to go right for the big stuff. And he doesn't ask if there's a God. He doesn't ask God if you want to. But he says, where is the God? The Lord God of Elijah. And just like his men are, hits that water, and it splits wide open, and he goes on to the other side. And I feel like in this season of generation to generation, that's the word that Bishop has preached. That's the prophetic word that I've heard from some other people. That's the word of the interpretation of tongues that we received the other day. That is right where we're at for all of us here. And I just feel like a lot of us feel that way. We had a spiritual grandma, but we're wondering, could I ever have the spirituality of that lady? We're wondering, could I ever have the spirituality of a preacher that you admired or a saint in this church that you have admired? And you're not asking, is God real? You're not asking, does God exist? If there's a God, is there a God? All of this, oh no. But you're asking the same thing. Where is the God of that person that I looked up to? Where is the God of that person that I admired? I would like to have what they have. I would like to do it exactly the way they do it. And I've come to tell you, if that person truly is a man or a woman of God, they want you to go farther. They want you to do greater. And they want you to have an experience with this God. I've come to tell you, you can be spiritual. You can have miracles. You can see miracles, wonders, and signs happen in your life. Hallelujah. When Elisha asked this question, you and I asked this question, there's quite a few things going on. We asked this question, where is the Lord God? Usually when somebody's been taken from us. A devastation, something bad happened. Somebody was there is no longer there. It's easy to feel that way. Where is God? And all of this earthquake we talked about earlier, it's easy to wonder, where is God in all of this? He's not asking if there's a God. Is there a God? He knows there is a God. How else would his father have gone up into heaven like that? What happens is it's easy to feel like God is not with me. God is not with my generation. God is not with this people because the elder has gone on. He probably felt this way to ask, where is God? Because Jezebel, the enemy of Israel, was still alive. And there was so much evil and wickedness in the earth. You and I are feeling that even to this day in our generation. Elisha also felt this way to say, where is the Lord God? Because he had never seen one of his prayers answered. He'd never seen the double portion come to pass. Can I tell you this? The key to answered prayer is prayer. The key to having God answer your prayers is just prayers. And on the other side of that river, he asked, can I have a double portion? And he already saw the miracle starting to happen 
just like his father. And for anybody here, if you feel like you're lost, you're empty, the person you look up to is not there anymore, I've come to tell you, you can have the still same spirituality that they had. As Elijah fought Jezebel, I'll never forget, amen, my bishop walking me across this platform talking about Jezebel and the tongues and interpretation that we had there. I've come to tell Jezebel, amen, it's only a matter of time before the eunuchs push you out of the tower in Kansas City. It's coming. But there's wickedness all around us and evil all around us. And some of us, we've got a lot of prayers that we're waiting to have God answer. Can I tell you this? If you're questioning God, where are you? Are you in my life? This generation is going to have that God in there. Hallelujah. So Elisha calling out to where is this great God of my father? The last miracle that Elijah did, it was Elisha's first, and that was the dividing of that river. Praise the Lord. How do we find the God of our forefathers? From this story, I believe God has given me some insight that I want to share to anybody that wants to have the same spirituality of a forefather. Number one, call on his name. That's the first thing you do right in baptism. I call on the name of the Lord to wash away my sins. And a lot of us, when we learn to pray, it's usually for our food. Who do we pray to? In Jesus' name. And when you call out to him, call out to the same God that our forefathers called out to, and that is the Lord Jesus Christ. What's his name, church? Say it again. And sometimes that's all you need to pray because let me tell you, amen, it's the highest and the greatest name, amen. It's a name that'll make devils shiver. It's a name, amen, that'll cast out cancer. Hallelujah, it's a name that'll save your soul and save your life. Call out to his great name. Where is the Lord Jesus Christ? Hallelujah. Hallelujah, it's time for you to get your eyes off the devil of the forefathers and stop looking for where is the God of this world, the God of Satan, but start looking, amen, for the great God, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Hallelujah. Young people, don't be deceived by the works of the devil of this generation. Don't look for the forefathers of Satan when generations gone past, but let your greatest Lord, amen, people that you look up to and you model be the preachers and teachers and the saints of the living God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Amen. Not only call on his name, but do it as they did it. Take action. Try it out. I've heard the old timers talk about praying through. You know, a lot of us like to say the Lord blessed you. You got a good touch. Back then it was pray through. It meant forget about the clock. Forget about what's going on after this, but you don't leave until you get the blessing, amen, that you know you need to have. Hallelujah. (laughs) Stick with it and stay with it and pray through. Hallelujah. Pray through. Hallelujah. Thirdly, go forward. Go forward, amen. Don't quit it. Don't give up. You know, anybody that comes to this church in peace, you are welcome, I got to tell you. Even if you don't believe it like we believe it, we love you and we're glad you're here. You're another faith, you're a different whatever this or that, we're glad you're here. We love you here. The only way you're ever going to get kicked out, and that ain't going to happen, all right? I don't want to do that. (laughs) is the day that you say, I don't come in peace anymore. I don't know if we can work together. 
Let me tell you, most of the kicking out here comes from our own selves. What I think happens is you get baptized and you think after that my life is just going to be perfect. I am never going to sin again. I'm never going to have a problem or worry. And then by Monday morning you go back to it. Can I tell you this? Yes, God is judgmental, but you know what else he is? He's caring. And he is so patient. Oh, he is so patient. Don't kick yourself out of church. How else are you going to get better unless you keep on coming back? The Life Church, hallelujah, is not a place where you get good to get God, but rather you get God so you can get good. And you keep on getting God in your life. Amen. You're going to make it uncomfortable on the sin. You're going to make it uncomfortable on your flesh. And before you know, you're going to realize I haven't done it in over a month. By the grace of God, I'm going to go two months. I'm going to go three months. I'm going to go a year. I'm going to go 30 years. Keep on coming back to the house of God. Go forward. Go forward. Love his name. Do it like they did it. And go forward. Elisha was able to do these things to have a double portion because he never took his eyes off his father. And I give my word, I'm never going to take my eyes off that man right there, our bishop, Stan Gleason. I've got my eyes on this man for all time. Praise the Lord. Praise God. You are at a church that has story after story of miracle after miracle. And God wants to perform miracles for our generation. And I want to tell you about some of the things that I've heard about, some of the things I've seen, some of the things that happened before I was even born that the God of our forefathers did in this church. Our founding pastor, W.I. Black, in the 1950s, had just gotten here to Kansas City. It's a big city, you know, but sometimes when you've got so many options, it's like, what is first, you know? And uh, they say he liked to go to town topic. <laughs> I'm sure that was one amen. Brother Browse knows. Started praying, God, where do I go? What do I do? Where do I go? The story goes, and his family can confirm this, that he had a dream. And in a dream, he saw an apartment complex in Kansas City. He saw the address. He saw the door numbers on the door, and he saw that building on fire. And he woke up the next morning, and he knew it was a dream from God. He started driving around the city looking for that apartment complex. After about an hour or two, he found it. He came up to the first door, knocked on it, and he heard a lady on the inside saying, What do you want? Who is bothering me? And she opened the door, and she said, Ah, preacher, go away, and slammed the door. He thought, Goodness, I thought I heard from God. And God said, You did. Go around back. And he goes around back and knocks on the back door, and she comes to that door. And she was about to tell him to go away again, but he started preaching to her and started giving her the gospel. And she went from an angry woman that slammed the door to a woman who started crying. And she came to church and was one of the first founding members of this church, Sister Arnold. Some of you know her. I've come to tell somebody who is a dreamer in this church, an apartment is going to appear in your dreams. Some of you students, a classroom, a P7 club can appear in your dreams. I've come to tell you that this entire city is about to go up in flames because God has a great revival in store for us. 
And if you'll just knock on the door, if you'll just stick with it, amen. Even the most contentious of people and the people that don't want to have anything to do with it, the gospel is going to soften their heart. That's the works of God. A Pastor Black, praise the Lord. There's another lady in this church, a saint who has gone on. Name Sister Fran McGee. Some of her family are still here to this day. About 10 or so years ago, I was visiting her in her house, and she said, Justin, I'd like to share with you a story that I really don't talk about a lot, but I'm going to tell it with you. She said, in my younger days, the first years when I was coming to this church, she said, I did everything I could to keep our home godly, to keep a spirit of peace. But can I tell you, there were some people in the family that just weren't having it. It gotten so bad, and I want to try to keep this as family-friendly as possible. There was a family member that had a loaded weapon and had it right on her. And she said, all I could do was cry out to Jesus. That family member pulled the trigger, and it jammed. Pulled it again, and it jammed. Jammed, 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 and she got out of there safe and sound and lived a long time after that. That is the God of Sister Fran McGee a precious lady in this church. And I've come to tell you, if there's a lady in here, you feel like you're in danger and you don't have peace in your home, the same God, amen, that gave Sister McGee peace can be your God that can give you peace. Where is the God of Fran McGee? Where is that God? I've come to tell you, the Lord will give you peace. He will give you safety. He'll give you security. He'll protect you from bullets. He'll protect you from knives. He'll protect you from violence. Hallelujah. Because the devil cannot take down God's anointing. Can you clap your hands unto the Lord? Praise God. Oh, that's the God of the saints that have gone on by. Hallelujah. I remember another precious saint in our church named Sister Vivian Walker. A woman of God, and when she was in the house, you knew it. She sang loud and prayed loud, loved the Lord. It was all about being loud. And this was back in the days when we had testimony services on Sunday nights. Now, we still have testimonies just amongst each other, right? We don't know what you might get up in. No, I'm just kidding. But no, we testify with each other. But she got up on Sunday night and said, Brother Gleason, I want to testify. And he said, speak it, Sister Walker. And she said, last Sunday night, I got in my car and started driving home way out in Kansas. And she said, all of the buttons and all of the gauges in my car started going off, and my car started making weird noises. And she said, I started to pray. And she said, God, I'm an old lady. I can't get stuck on this road. I don't want to be out here in the dark and the cold all alone. You've got to help me get home. And she said, my car kept going, And she said it would stop, and I would just pray, Jesus, and that car would keep on going. She said that car would die, and I would pray, Jesus, and it would start again, and I would just keep going. And she said, I live an hour away from the church. And she said, I finally got home. Jesus got me home. He got me home safe. And she said when I pulled up that car, this is, I'm not kidding, this is what she did. My car just went and a big old cloud of smoke came out of it and I think I'll never drive that car again. I'm going to have to get a new one. But she said God kept me safe and got me home because I called out to him and I prayed to him. That's miracles. That's wonders and signs. Praise God. 
Brother Calvin May. Oh, I miss him so much. He told me one time, he said, Brother Justin, I got in the church years and years ago. Back in the old days, he said, I fell in love with this message. He said, I saw the mighty God in Christ. He said, I saw Jesus named baptism. He said, I saw the infilling of the Holy Ghost. I saw the supernatural. He said, my former generation didn't even want a piano in the church. Didn't even want tongues in the church. Didn't even want anybody coughing in church. Didn't want anything in the church. And he said, a few of my old friends from my old denomination found out I was coming to the apostolic church. And they called me and said, you want to come over for a get-together? And he said, sure, I'll come over for a get-together. What he didn't know was it was a lie. It wasn't a get-together. It was, we're going to get together and challenge you on your doctrine. He said, I walked in and there was about 30 people. I thought there was only going to be three, but there was about 30 people. And they came in there loaded for bear and started challenging me on my revelation. He said, I didn't know what to do. All I did was I just, after they all yelled at me and ridiculed me and criticized me, I just opened up my Bible, brand new convert. And I opened up to Deuteronomy 6, 4 and said, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. He said, I kept turning in my Bible. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. I read in the book of Mark, unless you are born again, you of the water and spirit, you cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. He said, I open up to Acts, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. And he said, I wish I could have prayed him through right there. But he said, I walked out and I told him, I said, you know what happened there? You were a witness of their unbelief. And the day will come in heaven when God will bring all of those men forward and will bring you forward. They got to hear the gospel. They got to hear the truth. And God used you to be a witness. Whether it's like W.I. Black being a witness of souls in an apartment or somebody like Calvin May being witnesses of unbelief or somebody, amen, that's had the supernatural protection of an angel of the Lord to stop a bullet or a gun jam or get in your car from point A to point B. I've come to tell you all of these people were precious, but none of them were elaborate kings or people of notoriety. They were just ordinary people like you and I. But you know what they had? They knew how to pray and they loved the word. And they called upon this God. And if there's anybody that's wondering where God is in your life, if you will do it like they did it, you will have it as they had it. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. If the musicians would please come. Elisha saw amazing things. He saw God do powerful things. But he did it all through his father. And it was now time for that same God to work through him. And all he had was the stories, the lessons, and a mantle. I always come with a handkerchief in my pocket. This handkerchief that I've got up here that I've been preaching with is very special to me. This is the same one that Bishop Gleason put on my shoulder a couple Sundays ago. And this thing ain't going anywhere, praise the Lord. And... I got to tell you, we've got a phenomenal church. We've got a great staff. We have such a great history. We have so many great blessings, but it's easy to wonder, can we keep on moving forward? Is God with us? And God is saying, absolutely, I'm with you. You want to know something that's interesting? 
God is not the God of the dead, but he's the God of the living. And this morning, I got to praying to the Lord God of W.I. Black and started feeling the anointing. That's not praying to the dead. That's praying to the God of my forefathers, the one that they worshipped. I started calling upon the God of Fran McGee, Vivian Walker, Brother Parmley, amen, so many others, Brother May, Brother Sister May, the Torres, is all of these people. Amen. Sister Maxine Serrati, I got to going down the line, started mentioning so many that have already gone on. And I got to tell you, I felt an ancient anointing come down on us. I felt such a wonderful power of God. And the Lord, it's like he said, I brought him through the 50s. I brought him through the 60s, the 70s, the 80s, the 90s, the 2000s. Here we are in the, in the 20 teens. And here we are in the 2020s trying to get through a pandemic. The threat of war, earthquakes, all of these things, the economy, the slow things, this or that and the other. And God is saying, if I brought you through the people through all of that, I'm going to bring you through this. So I feel to do something, if you don't mind. This organ got a lot of history. I believe it's from the uh, 40th and Harrison days. Where is the God of anointed music? It is still with us. That organ, I heard Brother Nick's playing it, that beautiful sound, that squeaky sound of those whistles, that organ. Oh, it sounded so beautiful. And the same God that was with all of the organ players in the past is going to be upon us here today. All of these guitar players, Brother Austin Smith, Brother Adam Lampley, you're up here tickling these guitars, amen, the same God of Warren Habner that played the guitar years ago. It's upon you, and the anointing is upon the worship. Hallelujah. Where is the Lord God of Jesus' name, baptism? It's here. It's mighty, and it's powerful. It is here upon us. Hallelujah. And we're going to baptize a lot of people today. Not only sins are going to be washed away, but people are going to be born again, and miracles and healings are going to happen here in the take. The Lord God, amen, is upon every instrument over here from the piano to the bass to the drums. It's upon you, Brother Ethan. Hallelujah. God is with us here in worship. Praise God. Where is the Lord God of Bishop Stan Orion Gleason in this pulpit? He's right here. Praise God. And where is the Lord God of the altar? (laughs) They're going to receive the Holy Ghost here. They're going to talk in tongues here. They're going to get healed here. They're going to be blessed here. Hallelujah. I'm not going to go all the way out here, but where is the Lord God, amen, of the greeters and the doors, that same God that moves out there, and he was moving out there this morning. It's going to continue to move as people walk in. Hallelujah. I wish I had a big enough hanky to slap this whole church and say, where is the God of our fathers? He's here. He's here. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's all stand. Oh, I feel the anointing in this house. I feel the God of our fathers in this house. The same God that's watched over this church is going to watch over us. And if there's anybody hungry, amen, for a miracle, 
this altar call is for you. If there's anybody, amen, that's interested in the Holy Ghost, amen, I want you to come right up here in front of this pulpit. You've been hearing about the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I want you to come right on up, amen. Leave some room here for people that are hungry for the Holy Ghost, amen. You want to talk in tongues, hallelujah. Come right up on here. We're going to pray for you, hallelujah. Anybody, amen, we got a first-time guest here today coming up here to pray and seek for the Holy Ghost, hallelujah. You want this Holy Ghost, amen. Amen, Brother John, we're going to pray for you, hallelujah. Amen, amen, that's right, amen. Amen. If you need a miracle, come up here and get it. Hallelujah. Come on, what's out there, amen, that you need to strike and say, where is the God of my father? Where is the God of my mother, my grandmother, my grandfather? Where is the God? Where is the God? Hallelujah. Come on, somebody get a hold of it and believe in it. Come on, call on the name of the Lord. Call on his name. Hallelujah. Amen. There's nothing wrong with getting a little old school. Why not pray like they used to in the old days? Amen. Come on, somebody wail in the Holy Ghost. That's how they used to do it. Travail before him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Don't go back. Go forward. Don't go back. Go forward. Hallelujah. That's right, if you feel it, lay hands on somebody and pray for them and bless them. That's how the old church used to do it. We'd pray for each other. We'd lay hands on each other and bless each other. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you for listening to this message. For more content, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at The Life Church KC. Reference the episode notes for more details.